If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Story time. I never expect. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Could to find something like that in the woods. As a park ranger, I had seen my fair share of wild animals, but this was unlike anything I had ever encountered before. I was out on patrol, checking the trails, when I heard a low growling sound. At first, I thought it might be a bear or some other large predator. But as I got closer, I realized that it was coming from something much more sinister. There, in a clearing, I saw an injured animal, lying on the ground. It was a large creature, with fur as black as night, and eyes that glowed in the darkness. But it wasn't any animal I had ever seen before. It was a monstrous hybrid of few wildlife animals. At first, I was hesitant to approach it. I had heard stories from you, Horror Den, of creatures like this, stories of their ferocity and their strength. But something in me compelled me to help it. I brought the creature back to the station, where I could care for it. I tended to its wounds, trying to keep it calm and comfortable. And as the days went by, something strange began to happen. The creature began to heal at an alarming rate, 
its wounds closing up almost as fast as I could treat them. But as it grew stronger, it became clear that it was not a normal animal. It was intelligent, almost human-like, and it seemed to be studying me, watching my every move. I knew I needed to find a way to safely contain it, to keep it from causing harm to anyone else. But as I tried to figure out a plan, the creature turned on me. I'll never forget that night. I was alone in the station, finishing up some paperwork when I heard a noise coming from the holding area. I went to investigate, but as I opened the door, the creature attacked me. It was like nothing I had ever experienced before. Its strength was immense, its speed and agility unmatched. It tore through the station like it was made of paper, destroying everything in its path. I fell from injuries, and the creature just escaped into the woods. Next day, I spent my time searching for this creature, but I never found it again. I know, horror den, that you think this is BS, but I have no incentive in lying you. Thank you for letting me tell this story. We had been hiking in the Bull of the Woods area for several days and decided to hike over to Bagby Hot Springs. It was getting late and we noticed on the map a small pond at the base of Mother Lode Mountain. So we took off the trail and hiked up to it. After finding there were no fish in the small pond we set up camp and built a fire. After that we started to scan the cliffs on all three sides of us. We noticed a deer way up on a ledge, a couple seconds later it looked away from us to the other side of the pond and then got up and slowly walked away. Then we looked toward the direction it was looking and saw a large black hairy figure standing on two legs with arms in the air and holding something white in one hand, about the size of a basketball, and very slight movements. We observed it for a couple minutes with a very eerie feeling. We wanted to leave badly but it was getting pretty dark and our batteries were dead and there was no trail, so we decided to build up the fire to keep it away. In the very short time we turned away then looked back again, it was gone. Right when it got completely dark, but the moon was bright, a large fir tree on the other side of the pond began to shake and sway violently off. And on for about one half an hour or more and then everything was completely silent, not a single sound. We took turns sleeping that night, if that's what you call it. The next morning finally came, we put out our fire and quickly left. About 20 yards from the pond on our way out we came across a very expensive fly rod broken in half with a very nice reel and new line and random tracks that looked like a person running fast towards the direction out. We finally made it to the trail and decided to hike out to the car and head for home. Haven't though about it for years until a co-worker asked me if I had ever seen a Bigfoot. I now live in Montana with very few sightings reported. So I thought I would look online for the area I was in and grew up, it's amazing how many have been spotted like in the Skookum area. My nephew, an electrician in Portland, heard this on the job. Two electricians who'd gone on annual fall hunting trips with a group of fellow electricians for several years, bowed out of one year's trip at the last minute and were reluctant to say why. This after they'd taken time off to hunt and bought tags. A year later they again declined to go on the annual hunting trip. One evening after work, 
One of them was drinking in a tavern when he was pressed as to why he and the other fellow no longer wanted to hunt with their buddies. Reluctantly he told of the following encounter, these two fellows had gone up in the area to be hunted to do a little pre-trip scouting. After spending the afternoon cruising logging roads they pulled over on a ridge to watch the sun set, smoke and talk. They'd been there a while, sitting in the truck, smoking. It had gotten dark when they heard footsteps through the forest passing down one side of the truck, then crunching gravel as it circled out of the woods in front of the truck and stopped. They turned on the headlights to see a giant creature crouched down some distance in front of the truck facing them. It stood up and in a panic they started the truck, threw in in reverse, spun it around and very nearly backed over the embankment. The rear tires actually went over and they had to slam it into 4WD to pull it out. They fled. On the job the next day the other fellow, confronted with the story, confirmed it but wouldn't discuss it. I never believed in ghosts or monsters until that night. The night we stumbled upon the abandoned ranger station deep in the woods. We were just a group of friends, looking for a weekend getaway in nature. But we never expected to find what we did. The ranger station was old, decrepit, and looked like it hadn't been used in years. But we were desperate for shelter, and we decided to spend the night there. As the sun went down, we started to feel uneasy. The station was eerily quiet, with only the sound of the wind rustling through the trees. And then we heard it, a low growling sound that seemed to come from all around us. At first, we thought it might be a bear or some other wild animal. But as the night wore on, we realized that something was hunting us, picking us off one by one. It started with one of us disappearing, and then another. We searched the station from top to bottom, but we found nothing. And then we saw it, a shadowy figure lurking in the darkness, its eyes glowing with an otherworldly light. We tried to leave, but something was blocking our path. We were trapped, with nowhere to run and no one to call for help. And as the night went on, we learned the horrifying truth, the ranger station was abandoned for a reason, and that reason was still there. We found old newspaper clippings that told the story of the ranger who used to live there. He was known for his love of nature and his dedication to protecting the forest. But something had changed him, something had driven him to madness. And in the end, he had disappeared without a trace. As we read the articles, we started to hear footsteps coming from the hallway. And then we saw him, the ranger, or what was left of him. He was covered in matted fur, his eyes glowing with a sinister light. We tried to fight him off, but he was too strong. He had become something beyond human, something that couldn't be killed by conventional means. And as we fought for our lives, we realized that we had made a terrible mistake. We had come to the ranger station looking for adventure, but we had found something much darker. Something that had been waiting for us, something that had been hungry for years. In the end, only a few of us made it out alive. We stumbled through the woods, battered and bruised, our hearts racing with fear. And as we looked back at the ranger station, we knew that we could never go back. The station was cursed, haunted by a horror beyond comprehension. And we were lucky to have survived. But we knew that we would never forget the night we stumbled upon the abandoned ranger station deep in the woods.
I had separated from my elk hunting party on Green Ridge on the second morning of eld season. I left them a note to where I was going because the elk were thick in the wikiup area the previous year. We weren't seeing anything and I thought I would have better luck if I drove down there. I was driving on FS or D700 and slowed down as the roads are somewhat narrow. The road tees at FS or D900. I slowly proceeded to make a right turn and check for any other rigs that might be coming from the east. I seen then something walking down the middle of the road. I only ignored it for a split second. I stopped. Slapped my truck in reverse and backed up to the T in the road and took a second look. After over 25 years of hunting, I never had to question anything in the clear like this. I observed what I thought was someone out on a walk but noticed the stride the creature took was steady and calm. I looked for clothes, a rifle, hat, anything to question otherwise. Well, I seen none whatsoever. I also noticed the height was much taller than a human. It was very black. It was walking straight towards me. I estimated about 450 yards you ever take a few between me and it. I totally forgot about my rifle with me which is chambered with a .308 plus 150 gram or load. With telescopic sights. I was mesmerized by what I was actually seeing. As it approached with a steady pace of closing distance it started to make a turn to my left. The arms were long almost down to the knees. I could not make out the gender, but I did notice it was slightly slouched over. It straightened to full height and taking about two half from the center of the road, disappeared in the trees. No sounds were made. I had come to the conclusion without doubt I had just witnessed a Bigfoot in the wilderness. I had reason to believe the height was about 8-9 feet tall. Very broad shoulders. I am sorry, but I wasn't curious enough to go get a closer look for tracks etc. I didn't want to take a chance on it turning on me as some have been known to do. Although in an area not too far from there, I hunted for a short while. Problem was, there was neither a hint of a bird, squirrel, or even a chipmunk. This is unusual in a hunting situation. I am thankful that in my case, my encounter was distant enough to go a different direction and he can go his. I haven't really gone down there since. This is my first official report of going on the record about this. Anyone who knows me well will tell you I am a very credible person and this is a subject I take seriously. There was a report on the news about one year earlier almost exactly of an encounter with another elk hunter near La Pine. So my friend's uncle owns a plot of land 10 plus acres and everything beyond that is ocean. It's actually a pretty cool hike from forest to beach anyways, so he was taking his little cousin for a little camping trip off the land. Meaning they made debris shelters and slept in them. Well they would have. But about 3 hours after my friend's goes to sleep, having put the cousin to bed he hears the growl and rustling. He at the time wasn't quite sure what it was, so he grabs his headlamp or flashlight. Don't remember which, and this little dinky point 22 liters are. I think is what he said it was, I am not a gun guy. And walks up to the trail they used to get there. They were a little off trail in the bush, and here's this step, and crunch of a stick so of course he turns his light on. However its battery is pretty low so not very bright. 
However it's bright enough to see these two glowing orbs of light about a foot off the ground. He immediately figured out it's a mountain lion and freezes as it walks closer to him. He decided to try to scare it off. Once it got to close so tried to make noise to scare the lion, by shouting and stomping. Well that only made it angry so he takes his .22 and tries to shoot it into the dirt. It jams of course so he is struggling with it and suddenly the lion just pushes past him dead sprint into the night. My friend had a OS moment. As the lion ran in the same way as camp. So he books it down to his cousin. Picks the kid up, throws him over his shoulder and runs a solid mile or so back to a barn where they spent the rest of the night. In the morning they went back to get their gear. But my friend now brings something a little bigger louder than a point .22, not sure what it is. But still he was scared and he don't scare easy trust me. Thanks for reading all of this if any of you did, I tend to ramble sorry. Now this is something I really want to talk about to be sure that everyone is cautious and stays level headed at all times. Now for context, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It was an old town that had quite a few abandoned buildings due to absence of residents. Me and many friends were tired of the lack of entertainment options for us, so what we did was explore these abandoned buildings. Prior to the experience I am about to talk about, we never had anything too crazy happen to us. Occasionally we'd see a small bit of blood-like liquid and we did see a pentagram on the ground from someone who went to a house previously, but nothing too bad. Until the last time I had gone exploring abandoned buildings. Now when I was younger I used to go to a daycare that was part mental hospital. Weird combination I know. It closed down due to a lack of patients and lack of children at the daycare. I decided to go back there with my friends a few years ago. For context I was 15 when this happened, most of my friends were the same age. When we did get there it was rather cliché. There was fog, it was rather dark and there was a light drizzle of rain. We went to the main gate which was padlocked shut. We decided to help each other hop over it and made a ton of noise. We were laughing and giggling the whole time, unsuspecting of what was to come. We looked around the small play place slash park with flashlights we had on our person. Even with our somewhat powerful flashlights our visibility was rather limited. We decided to enter the decaying building. Glass and dirt crunched under our feet as we stepped into the daycare section of the complex. There were still old Legos, wood chips from previous furniture, old torn dolls and toys strewn about. The further we walked around the daycare section, we naturally became more and more silent, until all we could hear was the crunch of the dirt under our feet. I found some crayons in a plastic container in the corner of the room. I walked over to pick them up, when all of a sudden we heard a loud crash coming from behind a metal door leading to the psych ward part of the building. My friends and I all looked at each other. As a whole, we were a group of five, most of them were very bold and cocky. We all looked at each other when my friend Brian suggested we go and look to see where the sound came from. Personally I was not too fond of the idea, but with my group of friends there was no way anyone was going to decline such a thing. We all stacked up on the door and opened it. It was rusted to the floor and we heaved to get it open. As we walked in, the metallic smells and must became stronger. 
with a hint of something else which I couldn't put my finger on at that moment. We walked in, our flashlights pointed in every direction with Brian leading the group. The hallways were tied into the left and right were the occasional metal doorway, some with doors open. I felt slightly claustrophobic and it felt a little hard to breathe. As we continued, Brian shone his flashlight into a room and recoiled. We all stopped walking as Brian slowly entered the room. What is it? I asked him. I thought I saw someone here. It seems all fine now. To be honest I thought he was just messing with us to increase our anxiety. But looking back I think he was completely honest. He backed out of the room and we continued walking deeper into the psych ward. When another friend swiftly told us to stop. We came to a halt and all listened. In the distance ahead of us we heard the subtle pitter-patter of footsteps echo through the hallway. We all looked at each other, fear in each of our eyes. Brian continued walking toward the sounds, we considered turning back for a second without Brian, wondering if some ghost or something was in the building. But we couldn't do that to him. The closer we got the more I felt like I was being watched. When finally we entered a room on the right which had the smell of rotting meat. In front of us was a dead deer. Its innards were spilled all over the floor staining the concrete. A friend of mine had a very weak stomach and vomited all over the floor. That's when we heard whispering from somewhere. Brian shone his flashlight to the corner of the room where a man with short hair was standing with his head down. He wore a bright green t-shirt stained with what I assume was blood, and torn beige pants. He did not have any socks and his feet seemed damaged. He was twitching sporadically and continued to mumble even after we saw him. We stared at him for a solid 30 seconds before he made his first true movement. He looked up at us with a haunting grin that sent shivers down our spine. You guys here for the feast? He said each word with varying inflection and energy. This kicked us over the edge and we bolted out of that room all the way back to the daycare center. The door was still open and we decided to try and slam it shut, but the rust and pure weight of the door almost kept it open. It took three of us pulling with all of our strength to close it. And just before we did I could still see the silhouette of the man watching us, his white teeth being the only other human feature I could see. As we sat behind the metal door catching our breath for a second all looking at each for confirmation that we all saw the same thing. After a little bit of labored breathing from each of us, we heard a light tapping on the door. That's when we decided that it was time to leave. We booked it out of the vicinity completely and ran home. A year after we visited that spot, police went back to do a routine search of the area and found the man. It was stated that this guy used to go to the psych ward before it closed down. He escaped the facility he was transferred to and lived off of the wildlife around the complex. When the cops brought him in, he had a series of diseases and sickness from eating raw meat. His mental condition was much worse than before. There were future rumors that he did kill someone in the forest while searching for food, but nothing has been confirmed. In the end guys, be careful, especially in dangerous areas such as abandoned buildings. This happened probably 5 or 6 years ago, I think I was 18 at the time. For starters, I lived in a city where neighborhoods and forests kind of blend together. 
There are plenty of wooded areas where people go to have bonfires and parties. One night, after discovering that all of our usual spots were crowded with people, I suggested we go to a spot that I had been to a few times nearby. I had been there multiple times, but only during the day. The street where we park is maybe 200 feet from the tree line, it's your average middle class neighborhood, nothing crazy is really known to happen there. So we walk in, start a bonfire and we're all having a good time. Some of us are drinking and smoking a bit, myself included. About 45 minutes pass and I'm a little intoxicated, but nothing major. And over the sound of our quiet music and my friends talking, I hear something odd. I can't make out what it is so I figure maybe I'm just hearing things. Maybe another 10 minutes go by and I hear it again, a little better this time. It still sounds relatively far away but it sounds like Velcro tearing. I stop and just kind of sit there trying to listen while my friends carry away laughing and talking. They haven't seemed to notice. And that's when I heard a sound I was very familiar with. A zapping noise, like you hear from a taser. Very brief, but unmistakable. My stomach drops, and I started looking around a little frantically. My girlfriend at the time was the first to notice my distress. She asks me what's wrong and I explain and she immediately starts worrying. She gets my friends to quiet down and we all just sit there and listen for a bit. Then we all hear it. An electric zap. Brief again, but we all know that sound. We all start panicking a bit and we quickly put out the fire while asking each other what the F that was or where exactly it was coming from. We're all scared to walk out. It's only maybe a 5 minute walk to the street but it's dark. We all muster the courage to finally walk the path out and we don't run into anyone. We finally get to the street and start walking to our cars, nervously laughing and relishing being under street lamps again. I see him first. He's walking towards us, not at us, just walking in the direction we just came from. Slightly to the right of us. He's holding a stick of some sort. It scared me at first, but for a brief second I calmed myself, it was a pretty safe neighborhood that I knew really well and it was really common to see people out walking at night. But then I notice he's looking right at us. That stare is burned into my mind. We pass each other, my friends and I are all silent as we're having this stare down with this random man. And that's when it happened. He doesn't break eye contact, holds up the pole and smiles this creepy smile. His eyes are open so wide. The end of the stick lights up bright and that same zapping sound happens again, much louder this time. He's holding a cattle prod. We live in a city, no farmland nearby, no reason to have a cattle prod. My friends and I are silently shitting ourselves as he walks past us, maybe 20 feet away and goes straight into the woods without a flashlight or anything. We all got into our cars and peeled out of there. We never went back to that spot. It was early in the morning and I was on a road when I noted the creature standing in the middle of the road 100 feet away. It stared at me curiously, then started shaking its arms and fists at him. Thorpe thought that might be a sign of intelligence. I glanced away, and when I looked back, the creature was gone, there was a lot of three-foot-high grass and it might have dived behind a berm. The sun was behind the creature, so I only saw the silhouette, 
No facial features, it was about seven foot tall, with a great big chest and long arms, and covered with six or seven inch hair, color unknown. The creature had a five inch long neck, and a roundish head. There was also a horrible smell associated with the sighting. The Deschutes National Forest in this area is covered with lodgepole pine trees with little brush or ground clutter. My childhood best friend, Marie and I were around 11 or 12 years old at the time. Marie's family had their own campsite in a provincial park about two hours from our hometown, and would spend the entire summer each year living in their camper out there. This particular summer, I was able to go and stay with them for a week, and we were excited to spend our time adventuring around the forest. On the last night that I was there, we decided we wanted to hurry down to the ice cream shop by the lake before it closed. It was early evening at this point, still pretty bright out but beginning to lose light. The path we took was down a short slope right next to the main road with maybe 10 feet of thick brush and trees in between. On the other side was the forest, with more tall, thick brush. So we were walking along, not seeing a single other person on the path in front or behind us. We hear a sudden rustling and snapping of branches, similar to the sound of maybe a deer moving through the woods. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but then, the sound of running footsteps follows. Marie glances back, and suddenly grabs my arm, urging me under her breath not to look back. At the same time, the running stops. I don't know why I didn't ignore her and get a look myself. I guess I could sense the very real fear in her voice and chose to listen. We both start to panic, getting that feeling like when you're running up the stairs after turning the basement light off. We pick up speed as much as we can without breaking into a sprint, knowing the ice cream shop is only about a minute walk away at this point. The path soon breaks and we are in the parking lot. Suddenly Marie steers me hard to the left, heading towards the lake and the boat rental instead of continuing straight to the ice cream shop, and I go along with it silently, understanding ice cream is no longer an interest right now. Marie is clearly panicking at this point. We are both looking around but it seems whatever scared her is nowhere in sight at this point. Marie walks up to the boat rental and gets us a kayak, and we climb in and begin to paddle out into the middle of the lake. As we paddle, she tells me that there was a man behind us, and that the man had stopped running at us very abruptly upon making eye contact with her. He had been wearing a long black coat with the hood up despite it being the middle of July, had a terrible smirk on his face, and she swore that as he stopped running she saw him put something shiny away into his coat. He appeared to have just emerged out of the bushes after we walked past, given the sounds we heard right before he came running onto the path. We reached the center of the lake and stopped paddling. I pull out my Nokia brick phone that my parents had, thank God, given me just in case. I hand it to Marie and tell her to call her parents to come pick us up. As the phone rings, I see her look out past me to the shore and go pale, lifting a hand to point to what she's seeing. I turn, and there was the man, stalking his way around the path that circled the edge of the lake, staring out at us. We sat in the middle of the lake and watched him do two full laps, never looking away from us, before finally disappearing. It took a few tries to get a hold of her family, 
We were freaking out so bad the whole time, as the sun got lower and lower. We did manage to have someone come with the truck, but by the time we reached the shore it was pretty dark outside. I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't been able to call for a ride. Looking back, I don't know why we didn't just go up to the ice cream shop, inform an adult there and ask her parents to come get us then. But it worked out, we got back safe, and we thankfully never saw the man again. Middle of the night in the Sierra Nevadas, California inside a debris hut with my dad. Zoned by 12 to be exact. We hiked in about 6 miles for the beginning of the archery hunt, deer. Get woken to a blood-curdling scream around 2 am right outside our hut. We could only make out a partial shadow through the leaves and twigs. Only way I can describe it is a very furry horse but standing on two legs. The death sounds went on for two to three minutes, while we're freaking out trying to knock an arrow. Spent the rest of the night wide awake. That morning we couldn't find a trace, no footprints or tracks in the dirt, nothing. The first thing that came to mind was that it must have been a mountain lion. We've heard mountain lions scream before, but this was nothing like a mountain lion. It was deeper, more visceral. We haven't been back since. So let me start by saying that my brother and I are extremely experienced desert campers and we have lived near deserts pretty much our whole lives. I have never in my 20 years of life ever for one second believed in anything paranormal or anything to do with evil spirits, unlike my brother who has always sensed presenses and been able to see mostly what we call jinn also know as demons, until last night which is safe to say marks the last time we will be camping alone in the desert. We always have the same place we like to go when we want to camp with minimum effort and our day started as normal as ever but as we got closer and closer to our destination I saw my brother's mood completely shift and when I asked what was wrong he just shrugged me off and told me to just keep driving. When we arrived I felt completely fine but my brother was still unusually quiet, it was around 1pm at that point and we were planning on leaving at around 12 1am. Because of the heat we made the terrible decision to set up under a few trees and a source of water, which in Middle Eastern culture is where the genes live at night, not that I believe that at the time of course, however we still set up our camp and continued on as normal. Now my brother always says that when he feels a presence, or several in this case, he gets extremely unlucky. First he almost dropped a box of coals on his foot, then he spilt an entire bottle of coke on his phone. Then he dropped it into the sand then proceeded to smash his elbow on the edge of the chair he was sitting on, which is now very swollen, and last but certainly not least when he was looking through one of our boxes he felt something cold and sharp press right against his arm and he realized it was an unsheathed knife, which we packed with its case the previous night before and he later said it felt like something pushed his hand into it, right where his veins are. All of these events consecutively within a matter of a few hours was certainly making us both uneasy and I for the life of me couldn't figure out why he was suddenly so unlucky. As I was staring to question his clumsiness a random couple appeared out of nowhere informing us that they were stuck in the sand and needed help, we drive a land cruiser and they had a Nissan Altima so we didn't expect to encounter as many issues as we did. 
We first dug them out without any issues but as we pushed them out of the sand but they got stuck again. If you know anything about dune bashing or desert camping then you understand the physics behind how wheels get stuck in sand and the way this Nissan was stuck was incredibly unusual. It was literally stuck somewhere with plenty of space available for grip, and later in my brother said that as we were digging them out of the sand, that's when he really started feeling an evil presence around us but didn't want to say anything as to not ruin the trip and freak me out, so we ended up having to tow them out of the sand, which again was far harder than it had to be, first our tow strap broke off of their bumper, tow strap cost $200 and was fine but their bumper was slightly damaged, then we almost got stuck ourselves and a 20 minute job took more like 90, which again was extremely unusual and with hindsight just the beginning of all the crap to come. When we came back to our camp we noticed how everything around us had gotten unusually quiet, the area we were in has hundreds of birds around and as far as we have seen three cats who sometimes pay us a visit, but there wasn't a single noise at all other than our fire, which was dying out unusually quickly. It had gotten dark quickly so we had scrambled to build a fire to cook our dinner before we were asked to help the couple and I had noticed the silence but it didn't bother me however my brother suddenly grabbed my hand as we were sitting down to eat and said with clear fear in his voice that we should go as quickly as possible and that he didn't feel safe. To ease both our minds we prayed, we are Christians so of course we thought it would help us, but I think it accelerated everything that happened and just made whatever was there with us angry. We quickly finished our dinner, and me being the skeptic I was completely fine and pretty much just humoring my brother, Util I started getting the nagging feeling that it was time to pack up and leave, it hit me like a wave and I was quite taken aback by the feeling so I voiced it to my brother and he agreed that we should pack up right away and leave. We started packing up, at a normal pace like we were just tired and wanted to leave, and that when we heard a sound very close to us on the opposite side of the pond which wasn't that big, that I could only describe as the sound of death itself and it seemed to go on for several minutes and when I say that we looked at each other in absolute fear I genuinely mean I was ready to have a heart attack right there and then. At that point, after being fortson for a few minutes and quite reasonably so after hearing that bellowing screech so close to us, we turned on the car drove it back so we could see better with the headlamps and just started throwing everything into the car without much care but with a whole lot of urgency. And it was like after the screaming that's when S really hit the fan. First it was the sound of twigs snapping and footsteps all around us, then it was the shadows behind the trees and I tried everything to try and get those shadows to change shape walking around the trees and moving the lights but nothing it looked like there were people just staring at us the whole time and you could really feel it too, we really felt like we weren't alone and that we weren't with friendly entities either. We also noticed that all three cats were huddled right behind our car, away from the trees so they were not the ones snapping twigs, but literally did not care if they were not going to move I was still getting out of there, thankfully they left when we started reversing but they too looked absolutely terrified and were just starting at the trees too. It also felt like whatever was there was getting closer, and I have never felt anything like it, it was a gut feeling and you just know it's one of those natural instincts you should not ignore. Thankfully we were able to pack up quickly, our tent was very close to the trees though so that was a nerve-wracking experience, and whilst we are packing it is still very silent, 
It's very normal for the birds around that area to continue making sounds until 2 or 3 a.m. And at this point it was about 8 p.m. so it was highly unusual. I personally think I was most terrifying as I was driving away back onto the main dirt path to leave the desert. I know cars very well. I know how they drive in the sand and I know our car especially well because we've had it for so long and I could instantly tell that the steering was off and completely fighting against me which fixed itself the second we were on the highway. The sound of twigs snapping was still all around us and it was loud enough to be heard over the sounds of the car and on the path was what seemed like every bird that was in the area. Just standing there and staring at us until we got close enough to force them to walk, not even fly, away. At one point my brother just grabbed me shoulder and told me very sternly to just keep looking in front of me and under no circumstances to look through his window. It was the tone of his voice that told me to listen to him for the love of God. We were in a part of the desert where we had to pretty much drive through the whole of the accessible areas to get onto the highway and there wasn't a single person around us. The only thing we saw was a very clearly abandoned Toyota Hilux positioned behind a small dune and hidden by the trees but was far enough from our campsite to easily be ruled out as the source of the original screech. The worst thing I saw was as we were closing to the exit, now we know these deserts very well, we've both grown up here and have been riding dirt bikes and quad bikes in these deserts since we moved here and we know what wildlife to expect, cats, birds, spiders, goats, camels, mice, foxes maybe even the occasional Scorpio or if you are really unlucky a snake but that is it. There is nothing else in these deserts. We saw standing in the middle of the path, staring directly at us, a deer. A goddamn deer. I've only ever seen one deer in 16 years of living here and that was in someone's garden as a pet. It's safe to say I was in complete shock and the deer was just not moving at all until I got close enough that we could practically smell the thing before it slowly walked off the path whilst looking right at us. We quickly moved past the deer and again my brother, with a gasp and then very sternly, said to keep my eyes right in the road, I asked him as we got on the highway what it was that he kept seeing and he very reluctantly told me he kept seeing large figures around us anytime we went through a bend and they were all either pointing right as us or ahead of us. I'm very glad he didn't tell me at the time cuz I would have been shitting misel. We still were yet to encounter anyone but we still very clearly heard sounds all around us, and again not the usual bird or cat but very clearly big and unrelenting. When I saw the exit I was as happy as I have ever been but that quickly fade when once again we saw another deer standing right in the middle of the road slowly waking away and looking right at us except this time it didn't really look like a deer more like a kangaroo mixed with a deer and its eyes were milky and it looked rotten and horrible. But I didn't much care I just stepped on the gas and fortunately it had gotten out of the way in time. Now when you exit the desert you can either turn right onto a long stretch of highway or you can go left and go through a small town then take the back streets to a parallel highway and as I was about to turn right my brother once again, with that same tone of voice, said to go to the town and go to the right, later he once again said he saw a line of figures pointing ahead of us so if we would have gone that way we wouldn't have made it home in one piece. Thankfully as we made it farther and farther away and close to our home the gut feeling of being watched was going away and of course having never experienced something like this before I was distraught and wanted to talk about it. 
My brother told me as we were going home that because we were alone the jinn wanted to mess with us, that they wanted to scare us and most likely cause us harm and that the way they get to you in such rural places is to force you to stop and then do whatever they want, which makes sense as to why there were so many animals on our path. He also said that they cause bad luck and he could feel them the second we entered the desert, which explains his clumsiness all day and the car that got stuck in such an unusual manner. This is also my younger brother, by three years, and naturally any time he ever told me about this sort of thing I always just dismissed it as him scaring himself. I can excuse the sounds we heard and shadows we saw last night, I can excuse the gut feeling as just being scared but I cannot excuse the two deer we saw staring right at us and I cannot excuse the car just randomly fighting against me as I was driving. The deer completely freaked me out as did the tone of my brother's voice, I'm also sorry if this us written sporadically, I'm still shaken up and trying to make sense of everything, and it's safe to say we are not going camping there again and it's safe to say I'm never dismissing my brother when JT comes to this kind of thing again and god am I so thankful that we made it home safely. Edit, I also forgot to mention that as we were setting up our tent it was fighting us, we would secure one end of it into the ground and instantly another end would pop out and after we finally managed to get it set up it looked as if something was pushing it in and it collapsed once before we got it back up and again it looked like something was pushing on it which is something neither of us have ever experienced before and we have set up tents in the middle of a sandstorm before. In August of 1998, I hiked into the Sky Lake Wilderness to Squaw Lake to fish. Squaw Lake is located in dense alpine forest approximately southeast of the upper end of Four Mile Lake and reached by trail three miles from the Four Mile Lake campground. When I reached the lake, mosquitoes were so bad that I made my way to the lake shore where an onshore wind kept most of them away from me. At the shore I fished for a while when the wind briefly changed direction, blowing offshore. As the wind changed I noticed a very foul smell. I remember thinking that there must be something dead in the willow thicket about 10 feet on the other side of the trail from where I was standing on the lake shore. This smell was followed shortly by a sound like something hitting a tree with a large rock or branch. This was followed a while later by what I passed off as a bird, but it was not like a sound made by a bird, more like a high-pitched howling. This sound was like the scream recorded in Ohio. This scream was followed by the tree pounding sound again. By this time I was becoming very unnerved and had an increasingly overwhelming feeling of being watched and I did not want to find out what it was, so I gathered up my courage made my way through the mosquitoes back to the trail, returned to the trailhead and left the area. I had a bizarre experience about two years ago near the Three Sisters Mountains of the Mackenzie River area in central Cascades of Oregon. I was camped at a lake we had packed to, next to a closed Biesa campsite. We were definitely alone as we had special permission to be there from the BSA and it was off-season. It was in May and the snow had finally cleared in most spots and the weather was warming up. Anyway at dusk there was a long series of high-pitched gruff, buzzing whistles that we heard adjacent to camp. We had camped close to shore bellow a rise that overlooked the lake and our camp. The sound echoed around the lake and were fairly loud. Only three of the six of us heard it. 
It moved slowly along the bluff back and forth for about 45 minutes. A friend and I went to see what it was and it would move off away from us. As we would get closer to the source. It stopped shortly after dark, however it resumed at dawn and got very close to camp. When we felt comfortable to investigate, there was no sign of any kind along the animal trail that traversed the ridge. There was a cross path that cut through a thicket that had been recently used by animals. We are all veteran hunters, trackers, and woodsmen and none who heard it could say what it was. It definitely wasn't elk, frogs, or crickets. It was unlike anything we had heard previous or since. Does anyone know of any reported sightings in that area from 1998 or 99? How about any known bird or animals that would make this sound? I am trying to remain objective about this and not branded a Bigfoot encounter and have been thinking about it for the last two years. My name is Kurt. Me and my fiancé Sean were camping up off of Ben Smith Road August 1, 2, 1998. Sunday the 2nd, we packed up camp by noon and headed down to the Wilson River to cool off a bit. It was very hot. We drove down off of Ben Smith Road going east on the Flats Road that follows the river. We crossed the river to lay in the sun. We were there for 10 to 15 minutes, when I saw someone or something downriver about 45 to 50 yards swaying back and forth with its head down the whole time. While also moving up and downriver with no problem at all. I didn't think much of it at first. But when Sean got up and moved to the middle of the river it spotted us froze and then glared at us. Then I moved to the middle and didn't take my eyes off of it. It moved to the right of the river in some bushes somewhat hiding it seemed like. Then I knew something wasn't right, it had big hair and long arms. It didn't act human-like at all. I couldn't make out a face just eye sockets. I wondered what it was wearing winter clothes for when it was 90 degrees outside. They were not clothes. It had reddish blonde-like hair and was about 6 feet tall. I have hunted and fished up at Lee's camp for years and have never seen anything like it before. After we got home that night we talked about it more, leaving us with a strange feeling. We know what it was now, a female yeti. It's 3.43 am in Tempe. My friend and I often like to explore parks late at night slash early in the morning. Tonight, we went to Papago Park. From the moment we arrived, there was a car parked but no one in the car. We thought maybe somebody was sleeping but upon quickly glancing, we didn't see anybody so we went to the park. From the moment we stepped out of the car, I saw a tall, lanky, humanoid looking. Something. I thought it was a person but after blinking it disappeared. My friend then saw the same figure, except black, a short distance from where I had spotted it. We figured our minds were just playing with us so we went and decided to swing. The whole time we heard rustling around us. She started to get nervous, so we started walking back to my car. I could see a small black figure pacing quickly, almost running, back and forth between the trees. We were talking about it amongst ourselves, when the car alarm went off. We booked it for my car and got in. As we drove away, there was still no sight of any actual person in the car or park. 
I went the wrong direction when we started leaving so I had to do a U-turn and as I drove away we could see the figure again pacing between trees. We were so freaked out that we stopped at a gas station, where I'm writing this, to google what it could have been. Does anybody have any clue what we may have seen tonight? My brother-in-law and his friend were sharing a tent when they joined us in camping for the weekend. When they woke up, they immediately questioned us as to who was walking around messing with them that night. He looked at me first, but I slept all night, as did my brother and my father. They then were very confused as to what it could be, because they said that something with massive rough hands grabbed their feet, which were hanging out of the unzipped tent to allow for ventilation in the heat, and pushed them aside and back into the tent. They were awake while this happened, and immediately looked outside their tent and saw nothing. They zipped up their tent and couldn't sleep all night. I was with two friends. We were sitting there on the rocks. It was getting dark. All of a sudden we started hearing rustling sounds. All of a sudden we started seeing figures moving around behind us. We were smoking cigarettes and I guess they must have been attracted to the smell. I thought it was cops with dogs. I don't know exactly how many figures there were but there were more than two. All of a sudden they stopped moving and sort of disappeared into the surroundings. We didn't know what to think. We were literally scared out of our wits so we just stood up and casually walked away. I have had numerous experiences by myself and with others in this park that corroborate this initial experience. This story takes place when I was about 9 or 10. I'm 22 now. My mom took me fishing after school. I assume it was the weekend not sure now. We went to a local reservoir that's maybe 10 minutes out of town. We live in Illinois and the tiny town we live in used to pump water from this creek into the reservoir. I guess to keep the water level up. Anyway me and my mom finish fishing and are getting ready to go home. This reservoir is up on hill that you have to take these old iron stairs up the hill past an old pump house that's gone now. I think we were just about at the top of stairs getting ready to make the descent back to the turnoff from the highway. My mom pointed out this long thing going down the creek. It was about three or four car lengths long and maybe the width of a car. My mom goes is that a tree because what was stinking out of the water was green. However it starts moving kind of like a large fish. I saw what looked like a the rear fin on a fish raise up out of the water as it was almost past. I told my mom I was scared to go to the car because I was scared of whatever that creature was in my 10 year old mind I thought it was an alligator or something. She told me that it couldn't get out of the water and that made me feel better about going down the hill to the car. I've never seen a fish that large in my life again L. My mom mentioned the story to me again recently and this made me decide to do my own research my uncle said it was most likely a river carp. But I've looked at pictures of river carp and what we saw was like 8 times the length of a record-breaking sized carp caught in the area. The creek I found out is called Spring Creek and it connects to the Sangamon River and the on to the Mississippi River. I've heard reports of bull sharks being seen in St. Louis which is about 1 hour away by interstate but I have no idea what would have been in the creek. 
which was large and decently wide and I'm assuming deep since I threw rocks in it on later fishing trips. And they made a large splash in the murky brown water. I have no idea what it was to this day but it was so large and moved. Meaning it wasn't a tree or other object. I still have no explanation about what it could have been. I've been to the reservoir and the creek several times over the years and never saw anything like it again. It was daytime during this. I'm assuming around 7 p.m. at night during early fall. As it was after school and it was sunny. The reservoir is now unused as the town now gets water from a close-by city now and the water level has dropped drastically. It's now about 10 feet more shallow now and I've even been able to walk through the middle. Once with friends when we were looking for a place to smoke. My wife and I were trying out our truck's new tires and went up this logging road. I stopped to look at this valley in the moonlight. I stopped the truck and rolled down the window. We heard this rock hit the graveled road but we were not moving. We then heard this extremely bone-chillingly loud scream and what sounded like trees branches breaking and being thrashed about. The sound was like no other sound imaginable. I'll never forget it. We lived just two miles from this place and this was the first time I felt this scared up there on the mountain. This one night my senior year after homecoming I decided to stay at one of my friend's house. Including me there was about five other people there. We usually would mess around with a spirit box or whatever because we were bored high schoolers in the Appalachian Mountains what else were we supposed to do? We messed around with it for a while then my friend had an idea to play with an Ouija board while the others were just chilling on the bed. We weren't getting any results by playing around with it so we stopped and went back to the spirit box. My father died a few years back and the spirit box said his name then powered itself off. Me and my friends were in shock of course so we decided to call it quits for the night. About an hour passed and my friend had to go outside to go feed his chickens. When he went outside we heard some tapping on the window so we thought it was him playing a joke on us. So we sent our other friend outside to check on him then the tapping began again. At this point we were like wow so funny guys. Thinking they both were in on it. Then we heard walking upstairs, we were in the basement of the house, which was weird because no one was there other than my friends in the basement and the two outside. Suddenly the two who were outside bursted inside. The friend who went out first was a pretty big guy who never got scared by anything. His face was completely pale like he had seen a ghost so we were like what the hell happened? Apparently when he was outside feeding his chickens he heard something walking in the woods. At first he thought it was a deer or maybe some other animal. But when he went inside the chicken house apparently he heard someone whisper please help me. In an airy and deep struggling voice. My friends who were in the basement decided to go back outside with him just to check if there was anyone on the property so obviously they went outside with guns because we're county bumpkins. I decided to stay inside because it was colder than a witch's tit outside. I was sitting in my friend's computer chair just chilling when suddenly it sounded like someone was running around upstairs. Hell it was everywhere it even sounded like it was in the walls at one point. So I ran like hell outside barefoot in like 30 degree weather. I found the guys by the chicken coop and asked if they were pranking me and explained what happened. 
but all of them had been outside it was just unexplainable. We only used the Ouija board for a few minutes but there was just something off. Especially since things were happening outside the house and inside. I've been thinking about posting this for a while. Has anyone else had a similar experience? One of my old drinking buddies back home was the token hunter of our group, a great dude who always had stories. One day he shows up to a party looking kind of spooked, so we ask him what's wrong. Apparently him and his hunting buddy were a few kilometers away from their truck, just enjoying the hike through the gorgeous Alberta wilderness. They had their deer tags and were just out enjoying the process. After a few hours of unsuccessfully searching for deer, they turned around and headed back, following their own tracks in, to get out. Turns out that there were fresh mountain lion tracks, that started almost immediately from the truck and followed their footsteps the entire way into the bush. They had been followed by a mountain lion the minute they got out of the truck, and had no idea. He had said that it wasn't uncommon to see mountain lion tracks, but apparently something about being the singular focus of one for so many hours had the two completely spooked. I get it man, that's some apex predator nonsense that I want no part of. I'm sharing a personal paranormal experience that still haunts me to this day and that I've been trying to understand for a while now. A few months ago, I was staying at my cousin's farmhouse in the countryside, where I had always felt an eerie feeling but never really thought much of it. One summer night, while lying in bed, I heard slow and deliberate footsteps outside my door. I called out to my cousin, but there was no answer. Suddenly, the doorknob began to turn, but the door remained locked. As I lay there, paralyzed with fear, I saw a tall and shadowy figure with piercing red eyes through the crack in the door. The figure just stood there, staring at me for what felt like hours. Eventually, it vanished, but I still felt a sense of dread wash over me. I couldn't shake the feeling that something was still there with me. It took me several days to recover from the experience, and I still don't know what I saw that night. This encounter has left me with a newfound appreciation for the paranormal and a healthy respect for the unknown, that is why I'm posting my experience here. To those who have also experienced something similar to me, how are you feeling? Was your experience like mine? Two years ago I was mushroom hunting in Klamath Falls, Oregon and I was looking for my son and I actually stood a little ways from a Bigfoot as he came down the hillside, the sound of his footsteps I'll never forget. He tried to break the branches off trees to get away from me but I kept talking and he was very interested in listening but something spooked him and he ran off. So I just got home and it's dark outside and I look up and there are light going across the sky kinda slow but also kinda fast maybe a little faster than an airplane. But it didn't have a blinking light on and it was very bright, if I'm not mistaken it's illegal to fly a plane without a blinking light on, and then I look and there are 5 or 6 more light behind it but they're not as bright and they're going little slower then out of nowhere the bright one just disappears and then so does a few of the dim ones and then one of the dim ones stops and starts like shaking and going back and forth and then they all just disappear. 
I thought maybe it was a military thing or maybe drones but I don't think drones can be as bright as that one UFO I saw. What do you guys think it was?